Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. I'm your co-host, Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA board, and I'm the director of communications for Buncombe County Schools. Today, Ellen Boyd, our executive director, joins us for this fun conversation. Excellent. Thanks, Stacia. You know, in this episode, we're chatting with Tracy Hughes of Chapel Hill Carborough Schools and Ann Trainer of Kannapolis City Schools. Tracy is a school nurse in Chapel Hill Carborough, and Ann Trainer is the school nutrition director for Kannapolis City Schools. In my capacity as executive director, I've been able to have conversations with both of them previously, and they can both be described as non-traditional members of NCSPRA. However, they both have amazing stories to tell and they and their colleagues are a big part of building positive images for our districts so I'm really excited about getting to hear more from both of them in this episode. Yes we had a lot of fun with this a dual conversation let's start the show. Hello, Tracy, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. Let's get us started by first uh, having you tell us just a little bit about yourself. Thank you guys for having me today. My name is Tracy Hughes and I'm a school nurse. I'm in Chapel Hill Carver City Schools. I've been a school nurse for five years um, and with Chapel Hill Carver City Schools for about a year and a half now. So Awesome. And uh, you are an NCSPR member and we'll get into uh, that connection in just a little bit. But uh, to kick us off, um, school nurses have always been a lifeline for students and staff in school, but obviously their roles now have been magnified significantly um, as we all try to get through the pandemic. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen from your school nurses and the critical role they play in your schools. In our school district, our school nurses have been really on the front lines doing a lot of different things Um, in regards to COVID-19 pandemic. When we went out of school in uh, March, many of our nurses still stayed on the front lines helping um, get food out to our communities and our students. There was a few of our nurses that have um, joined with the Orange County Health Department to do contact tracing, um, even throughout the summer, as schools have come back together in this virtual hybrid model, we're still doing our regular roles and um, trying to make sure that, you know, immunization records are obtained for our students, health assessments, we're making sure emergency plans are ready for when they do come back to school. We've um, had to switch our lens to a virtual classroom. So a lot of our teaching is um, now in the Google Classroom, on the Google Meets, and it's hard as nurses um, when we're used to seeing our students face-to-face and interacting that way to build those kind of relationships. But a lot of our, nurses have been really working to get our schools prepared for when we do come back to school. What is our strategies for keeping our kids healthy and safe and for supporting our staff as well? Wonderful. Well, I know that you guys have faced a a myriad of challenges, um, as everyone has during the pandemic. But can you think of any communications challenges? Because, you know, we are talking to a lot of school communicators. What communications challenges have you guys run into? Yes, as nurses, we um, are used to seeing our kids and our parents face-to-face a lot, you know, telling them, hey, you need to turn this in, or what can I do for you in the car, a drop-off line, the pickup lines, Um, you know, we're having to use different avenues to, you know, 
communicate with our families. We have used Google Voice on our personal phones so that we can talk and text because a lot of our parents are not going to pick up, you know, phone calls from an unknown number. So that was a, a little bit of a challenge. We're using um, a lot of email where we didn't before. We're using snail mail um, a little bit more frequently to get some communications out there. Our principals can do our connect ed calls to put out valuable information that we need to get to our parents. Um, we're jumping in meetings with Google Classrooms and with teachers. And I know at my particular school, we're hosting um, parent um, engagement nights where the counselor, social worker, and myself, we host um, Q&As for parents to come and talk to us and get some resources for their social emotional needs, their frustrations, and also their uh, medical needs. So that's been, it's been a challenge, but we're all learning and growing together. Great. And you, you mentioned about Google Voice and maybe some of these other tools. Talk a little bit more about maybe some of these tools that you have used to overcome the challenges. So one of, um, one of our nurses has um, figured out how to set up a Google Voice with um, her cell phone so that it goes through um, an, automat an automated number that she has chosen so that they, the parents can see that it's, you know, not a spam call. And she communicates, this is my number, call me back at this number, and it protects her personal phone that way. Google Classroom, um, a lot of our teachers are using their Google Meets in order to um, have engagement with their students every day on a schedule. And as nurses, we um, can be invited to go into those classrooms, to introduce ourselves, to talk to students. Um, I've gone through their Google Meet in order to um, present hand hygiene class for all of the kids. 94.6% of my kids and um, teachers at my school um, in preparation for going into, um, you know, a hybrid remote and in-person um, platform. Hopefully, um, January, I think, is our date that when we come back after break. So, awesome. It is a challenge. And, and so, you've spoken a little bit about some of the tools that you use to communicate, but I want to dig deeper and talk a little bit about just granular level one on one communication during this strange time where there's maybe misinformation floating around out there that you all as school health professionals have to combat. So, for example, um, do you have parents or students who maybe don't understand? what a quarantine is and or what isolation is or don't understand why it has to be, you know, the 14 days or the 24 days, depending on exposure. Um, and, and do you have some who maybe don't understand why wearing a mask in our school buildings is important, things of that nature? Uh, would you be comfortable talking to us just a little bit about how you handle those types of conversations? Sure. I, um, I can't say that I personally have had a lot of um, questions like that from my parents. They seem to be pretty knowledgeable um, from from that standpoint. I think the real challenge will be once we are physically back in to the school building, wanting to know how I'm going to ensure to keep them safe um, with wearing a mask and those kind of things. So one of the best things is to be proactive. And so we've started doing those parent Q&A um, once a month with our student support service team to answer those kind of questions. Um, a lot of it is education. So we 
provide a lot of links in our presentation with PowerPoints and then we post those on our school website so that if even if the parents can't come to that session they have the information available. A lot of our nurses have created a Google slide classroom where you can uh, click on different links and get different updates and you know notes and things like that and they usually tag that on to the end of their email. You know the kids are more I've had a lot of assistance from kids in Google Meets and Google Classrooms of how to present um, things to them. So they're very knowledgeable. And um, so it's been a good learning experience for the kids and for the staff um, as we're all new to this. Great. I want to hop in and ask about, you know, as school communicators, we work really hard to build a good positive image for our school district. But I think during this time, school nurses have really been elevated to, you know, becoming one of the main faces of school districts. And perhaps, you know, being that, that uh, bridge for the uh, public image of a school district. So talk a little bit about how those school nurses have taken on that role and helped to build a positive image for uh, Chapel Hill Carborough uh, City Schools and, and other school districts across the state. I think Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools is very fortunate that we um, have a nurse in every school and not a lot of districts in our area or even across the state have that luxury of having one nurse that's fully dedicated, fully focused on that particular school. Um, as PR professionals and medical professionals, we're both like in the hot seat or the spotlight, depending on how we communicate the things that we need to say. Um, all of our work that we've done to get ready to come back into school has to be evidence-based practice. We have to be very careful that we're citing, you know, our resources. And when we're putting together our education for our staff and students and our families that we're giving them, you know, the most up-to-date, the most current factual things. We have to come at them um, with cultural awareness so that we are not leaving anybody out or behind. Um, we have to try to reach them on all platforms because not everyone has an email or Wi-Fi. So we have to make sure that our message gets across effectively to help maintain a calming and confident presence in our school community. So I think that that's kind of where, you know, us as nurses and educators, we're public health professionals. We've, we've stepped away from the, you know, treatment and cure, and we're looking forward for the education and prevention of, you know, health issues. So I think this has really put us in the spotlight, and our medical professional opinion has really mattered. I know in my particular school, you know, my principal is very supportive in how I feel, you know, things should go. What do I, you know, my opinion, my role, and how we're gonna make sure that our school is safe. Has it surprised you as you've kind of gone through this process um, about just how important kind of, in a sense, the worlds of PR and, and school nursing really have started to fit together because it's not just, and like you said, it's not just giving people this potentially life-saving information. You all really have learned how to package it so that it, it matters to the people who are on the receiving end. I think the role of school nurses has not been um, fully known across the state for a long, long time, and it's unfortunate that it takes a pandemic to make our voice be heard. 
I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons that I um, was very excited to join NCSPRA in, in was that PR gets everybody's voice heard. And we as, um, you know, school nurses, this is a great opportunity for us to just let everybody know across the state that we're not just there for band-aids and temperature checks. And we're actually doing a lot of case management and working for the health of our kids. We are the only medical professional that some kids see at all, you know, and, and that's, that's scary that, you know, a doctor's office may not see 464 kids a day, but the school nurse has that potential to see all those kids and, you know, impact them all in a very positive way. So. Wonderful. You talked about how, you know, what made you excited to join NCSPRA and how our worlds can come together in so many ways. What would you say to other school nurses across the state or even other folks in school districts who might not have that communications title about um, what it means to be a part of NCSPRA and what benefits there are in being a part of this organization? I think that the biggest, one of the biggest um, advantages now is that I have the ability to connect with other professionals in the education system. It's easy for a nurse to say, I know this doctor, this respiratory therapist, or, you know, other medical professionals, but when it comes down to, well, who is this person in the school system? It's really opened my eyes to see the different layers of what goes on behind the scenes in a public school. Um, you know, we have teachers, we have data managers, we have so many people there that it's just really good to network, network and, and get our voices out there. I'm loving the fact of the professional development, the networking, you know, and I just feel like right now we're just really, um, really closely aligned with uh, what we're supposed to do for the public. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the silver lining or a silver lining in all of this is is really, uh, as PR folks, we've gotten to sort of leave this world of Facebook and taking pictures and, you know, student enrollment. And all of a sudden we're connecting with our colleagues um, in a very uh, different way, but I think a very valuable way. And I, th I think for sure we're all learning a lot from each other. I agree. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And we do want to take a quick break right now. And when we come back from the break, we're actually going to switch gears and discuss how the worlds of school nutrition and PR have also come together in very different ways during the pandemic. We'll be chatting with Ann Trainer, School Nutrition Director for Kannapolis City Schools. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Hello, this is Kevin Smith, a member of the media team and board of directors with NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, and community relations coordinator with Transylvania County Schools. We hope you are enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time, the NCSPRA podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education. In 2021, we want to know more about the people who make good things happen every day for every student in North Carolina's public schools. They are the same folks who make news for our members to share with their communities. And this podcast is one way we hope to spread that news for all our listeners. Please follow NCSPR on social media and learn how school PR supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Share this program with someone you think will appreciate knowing more and subscribe yourself wherever you get your podcasts. We're glad you joined us. Enjoy the show.
Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. I'm Stacia Harris. And I'm Ellen Boyd. And on this side of the break, we are chatting with Ann Trainer, who is the School Nutrition Director for Kannapolis City Schools. And I actually had the pleasure of working with Ann for many, many years when I was in Kannapolis City Schools. And I know that she does a great job um, all the time. But with the last several months, we've seen obviously lots of extra challenges. And it has been a whole different ball game uh, for the last you know, however many months since March, right? Um, so talk a little bit, uh, Anne, about some of the challenges that you faced uh, and maybe, you know, specifically communications challenges throughout all of this. Sure. And um, thank you both for inviting me to this podcast. I was looking forward to it. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and talk with you about some of the school nutrition um, challenges that we've had. So in, in school nutrition, we worked really closely with, with our technology department and we utilized social media as an outlet to communicate to our community, our students and our parents, everything about the meal distribution system that we had um, and we continue to have during COVID. Our IT department, which is led by Heather Edmiston um, and her folks, they, they do a fabulous job in, in getting the response and, and getting the information out there in a timely manner. Um, whether it's on our website or doing robocalls or social media. So, so for sure, it was definitely a coordinated effort between the two departments. Um, and, you know, it's really important that, you know, we work hand in hand with our staff, with our district leaders and other stakeholders to find out the needs of the community and, and we adjusted our plans accordingly. And I, I think to be honest, one of the, the main things that we did in this district that proved so critical when it comes to communication is we actually developed a district communication plan and how and when certain pieces of information would be shared with our families. And there's, there was so much information that was needed that needed to go out. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't overwhelm our families um, and that we wanted to make sure that when we did said something it was strategically crafted and then we released those at certain times so i i think that it was important that we you know we we developed that plan and it, and it proved to be very very successful um one of the things that i did from a school nutrition standpoint and I'm, i was really glad that i did it um and ellen knows this i'm a planner um so i've, I've got to plan and interestingly enough when when we were all called to central office um uh, in March on that Sunday, um, you know, the really the focus became how are we going to feed our kids? And so I, you know, I quickly realized that when you go through something like this and in a crisis like this, you, you really have to depend on the people um, and, and your resources that you have in the district. You know, not one person can do this for sure. Um, and, and so one of the things that I did was I, I kind of took a mental inventory of the who, the what, and the, and the where. And then I started planning from there um, because you have to do that when, you, when you're faced with a crisis and all the things that go into, you know, the details that go into feeding kids. And one of the things I think that, that people I think now realize with school nutrition that there's so many moving pieces, parts to feeding kids. And there's a lot of logistics when preparing food and getting that food to the end consumer. And so I, I think it was critical that we had a communication plan um, from the start. And, and one of the things that I did um, as we moved further on in, in, during COVID was I, 
I met with each principal, myself and a cafeteria manager, and we discussed the best way to feed kids for that particular school. And it, it may seem to the average person that, well, isn't feeding the same across the board? Well, not necessarily. And so I, I didn't take a one size fits all approach to feeding kids. You know, for example, feeding breakfast in our high school, that looks very different than feeding breakfast in our elementary schools. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we developed plans that were particular to that school, you know, whether it was feeding off of breakfast carts or feeding in the classroom or grab and go. You know, it was important to get, you know, to communicate with our principals and, and other stakeholders to make sure that that plan, um, you know, was, was, was all the people were involved in, in, in developing that plan. That's awesome. And I, I did want to follow up on your communication plan. Did you all hammer that out right at the beginning in March? Or was that sort of an evolution as you realized some of the challenges that you guys maybe were facing with communicating with your families? That was certainly an evolution. You know, we, we learned along the way and we had to pivot as necessary. and We adjusted our plans and our processes to make it more efficient. So that, that definitely was something that was ongoing and, and we had many, many Zoom calls and we continue to do that. So um, we definitely adjust as, as needed. And do you feel like it is a, a plan that will sort of grow and you can maybe even use it for other issues down the road? Like, for example, if there's some sort of natural, uh, natural disaster, some weather emergency, and all of a sudden you've got a plan, it's written down, and people just know what to do. I, I think so. I think that if there's anything that we've learned, um, you know, through this crisis is that communication is definitely key. And, and, you know, you can't just rely on, on the district leaders and, and upper level leadership. It, it's everybody involved. So I think now that if, if anything, we've learned that communication is, is such an important key to getting through any crisis. And, and really, you know, I think at the end of the day, no matter what we're faced with, I think it's how you react and how you respond to it and making sure that, that you have, you know, those key, those key people involved too. And, you know, I, I was just, and I continue to be amazed at that how innovative the school nutrition people are um, and, and their response to this to this pandemic. And, and I'm so proud. I'm actually beyond proud of how the school nutrition folks have have really responded and, and to our, the needs of our community. I, I couldn't be prouder of the school nutrition employees. Excellent. And, you know. And you talked about all the, the different uh, logistics and uh, pieces and parts that are involved in all of this. And I know that school nutrition uh, departments in Kannapolis and everywhere have provided mobile meals um, and gone out. That's been a big part of it during the, the remote learning. So through that, I think some of these school nutrition employees have literally become the face of the school district um, to for a lot of folks and have helped to build a positive image for for the schools and for the district so talk a little bit about what you've seen from your school nutrition folks I know you said you're really proud of them but talk a little bit a little bit about how they have helped to become that face and build the image for school districts well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, when the pandemic first hit in those first days, I, you know, I witnessed cafeteria workers, you know, with, with carts of meals and long lines of cars waiting to get their, their meals. And, and this was the kind of image that stuck with me, especially when the grocery stores were having difficulty keeping the shelves stocked. And I knew then that this work was important to our community. 
So, you know, when the schools closed in March, the cafeteria workers, you know, they were still producing meals, serving meals throughout the summer and the holidays. And, you know, we know so much more about the virus now than we did earlier. But, but you know, our school nutrition folks didn't hesitate. Um, and they didn't hesitate to do what was needed for our families. And, you know, I, th I think the, the pandemic really amplified the contributions that school nutrition employees have on a school system. And perhaps, you know, I, I think in all the midst of this craziness, we have gained a little bit more respect and perhaps appreciation for what we do every day. Um, and I, and I, I'm just amazed at how resourceful that, that they are when it comes to problem solving and then their continued commitment to our families and our students. So, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that you, you think, gosh, a pandemic, this is what it had to take for people to realize how important school nutrition is to, to the whole school environment. Um, you know, we, we've been saying that for years, how important it is. But, you know, I, I do think people now, they have a greater appreciation and respect for what we do, certainly. And I want to follow up on that. Um, I think certainly I, I feel that way about our school nutrition folks. They've been amazing, you know, from, from day one. And so I wonder, have you been able to kind of parlay these great stories and in, instead of just, and obviously we, we know you're making a difference for the families in your, in your district. Have you been able to get these stories to, to bubble up to the um, larger community um, and, and get, maybe folks who don't necessarily have kids, but they're seeing uh, these great, these great angels that you have working for your school system. I, I, I hope so. And one of the things that I did, um, I think it was probably a month in, into the pandemic, I actually created a video and I sent that to our uh, school nutrition uh, DPI folks. And it, it looked at, and, and there, of course there was pictures and there was, there was music in there. And it, it really just kind of told a story of what we do. And I think that video, um, we, we shared that, we had it on our social media. So I, and we, we certainly got a, a lot of, you know, good attention on that video. And I, I think it kind of illustrated what, what we do. And, and, you know, we, we continue to um, have weekly check-in calls. And I, and I think our, you know, our North Carolina Department of Public Instruction and with Lynn Harvey and her group and uh, Reggie Ross, who is the School Nutrition Association president, he's done a great job in, in keeping the directors informed and, and also, you know, advocating on the USDA level, you know, what we do. And um, so I, I certainly think that our message is is getting out there and, and it's definitely a positive one. Excellent. And you have just really made the case for why communication is important and how we work together just every single day. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to join NCSPRA and maybe why, why others in school nutrition departments or other folks in school districts that maybe don't have that communications title, how they might benefit from also being a part of NCSPRA. Sure. Well, you know, to, to be honest, Ellen, you know, I didn't really know too much about the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, um, you know, until you actually invited me on that workshop last year. You know, where the two departments were actually focusing on how, how you know, the public relations and school nutrition could work together to promote the summer feeding program. And, and I think it was, I think it was that workshop that I gained a better understanding of the association and how it could benefit, you know, my program. You know, 
and it was then that I thought, you know, it's easy for sometimes departments to work in their own little silos. Um, but, you know, with, with the age that we're living in and with constant media feeds and we just have unlimited access to, to really unfiltered information. So I think working with your school public relations department can, number one, help grow your program. But more importantly, and, and Ellen, I learned this from you firsthand, is, is the ability to make sure that your public relations department, they can craft various communications in a very meaningful way. Um, and in a meaningful way that gets the public's to pay attention. So, you know, I could craft messages all day long, but it's, it's probably not the right way to, to make the public pay attention. So the, the public relations department is so important in a school district, and it's really, really important for school nutrition directors to utilize that resource. Thank you. We appreciate that. And we appreciate the collaboration. I mean, I know we said earlier, Tracy, uh, this ordeal has given us all an opportunity to really work together in ways that we maybe had not before. And I think we've gotten to see how each, each department works and, and um, gotten to share some, some um, opportunities and, and deal with challenges together. So it's been great. Um, thank you, Anne, for, for being with us. We really appreciate your insight. Um, and we certainly appreciate what you're doing for the students in Kannapolis City Schools. Thank you, Anne, for being with us Thank today. you. Yep, keep up the good work. Thank you both. Well, what great conversations with Tracy and Anne. Um, Ellen, what were some of the takeaways um, that, that you had from this conversation? Well, there were so many, but one thing that really stood out to me, because they both said, sort of alluded to this independently, is that with the pandemic, their roles have become more appreciated. That uh, it's sort of the, the pandemic has amplified the importance of the school nurse and the importance of school nutrition. And that perhaps uh, they're more appreciated than they were before. And that people are seeing everything that it takes to be a good school nurse or uh, a really good school nutrition uh, employee or worker. And I just thought that was a really good observation from both of them. You know, and, and both of um, these professionals, they joined NCSPRA, um, and, and they're not necessarily someone that you would normally think would want to join the School Public Relations Association. But I think everything that we've gone through the last few months, and, and both of them touched on this, they realize the importance of it's not just the information because they're, they're professionals. They know the information. It's about how do you get that information to families in a way that they can understand in a way that makes sense. You know, sometimes this information, it's complicated or, you know, if it's medical information, if you're not a doctor, that might be a little bit overwhelming to, to kind of hear, you know, some of that guidance and some of that, um, some of the, the things that they're trying to communicate. And I think it, it just shows the importance of, sort of understanding how to craft a message so that you're getting across what you need to get across, but you're doing it in a way that is effective. Absolutely. These folks really have been the unsung heroes during this pandemic, and I'm glad we could give them a platform for sharing the great work that they're doing and how they're partnering with communication to make it even more uh, useful to everybody. Yep. Great conversation. Ellen, thank you so much for being my co-host today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. <laughs>